Yeah, Jared, don't worry. Things are all good with your dad, stepson, stepping in. He had a few things to discuss with me about dinner with you last night. <laughs> Concerns. It was my birthday dinner, so he didn't want to bring anything up that was too uh, too tough. That's true. Your father ended the conversation with me with a line. You know why Mennonites don't have sex standing up? <laughs> <laughs> Leads to dancing. <laughs> That is not what he said. He said that. Quote. (laughs) 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 What a beauty. Well, welcome back to the Open Road Podcast. It's Jeremy over here. Calvin over here. And we're back. We're better than ever. We got a nice episode for you. The last episode we recorded, the audio was destroyed in a tragic incident. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, what do I want to chalk that up to? User <laughs> error? <laughs> ignorance? I think user error, ignorance, and just the Calvin Berry factor are all kind of mixed together. That factor is just... You know, you get on, and we're like, yo, let's podcast, and then it's just a rush, 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 and then I don't check the things. We should have, like, a little protocol check that we go through, right, before we hit the big red button, but we don't. Um, I like that you're saying we in this scenario. We've been podcasting for about two years. If you want me to write you log a little checklist, that. my friend, I'll write no, you a checklist. all I'm saying is that we log on, and you'd be like, hey, are you in Mono One Fast Track Pro input and output on the Fast Track? And I'd be like, oh, no, I'm not, because I never am. And then I would change that. <laughs> and then we would fix it. And then we wouldn't have so many errors. <sighs> Anyways, it's all good. Um, the last episode, we talked a little bit about our recent adventure at the Canadian Open. Um, and we did that one live on Instagram. So, you know, people who were there, they caught some of those stories. So we're not really going to rehash it. We're just going to move on. Yeah, we're just going to move on. Um, That's fine. But that was a good time, a good adventure. Pro sporting events are fun and interesting to go to that was our first time at a, a golf event and yeah i thought it was pretty good so i can't remember did we discuss this that i was i was at a pro event recently as well i went to a soccer game so. no 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 tell us um i went to a toronto fc game downtown oh really so like pretty fun i i'm not at all like if i were ever gonna like watch uh soccer on tv that seems like the worst thing you could do like right. it just seems very dry and boring but pretty fun live like as with all sports it's always way more interesting live and you're fun to be there with your 16 dollar beer and everything but uh we went with a guy um who has a season pass like season tickets rather and so he goes to several several games and he kind of knows the inner workings of it so i guess the thing with toronto fc is it rarely sells out so when we were going there uh we were on the train he was checking ticketmaster this is like 5 minutes before the game started so he's checking ticketmaster to see what seats are still available and he found four seats like beautiful like center field like four up from the from the um turf um for sale on ticketmaster for like 180 bucks a piece and so the the conclusion was like this is a home game no one is going to spend $180 on tickets for a game that starts in three minutes. So we just went and sat in those seats. Really? Yeah. 
And there was like no no issue. We and we definitely saw we actually caught other people doing it too. And we're like, oh, this must be fairly normalized. Um anyways, it was really cool. And no one getting too anal about checking tickets like at a Jays game? No one was checking seat tickets. There was a couple people around, but we just kinda skirted. And it wasn't that big of like it didn't even feel slimy or anything. That's a good little best practice at a soccer game. Yeah, so definitely just get the cheapest. I mean, unless it's some, you know, if you know it's going to be sold out or something. But right. you could tell pretty easily. Like, it was a midweek game, early season. Um, yeah. Hmm. And then, of course, yeah, the, the, the Ticketmaster thing is, I guess, the key to all that. Got to check right. the Ticketmaster. Because then you get the, the most up-to-date info. Right, exactly. Um, and how did the team perform while you were there? Man, it was actually really, they won in a shootout overtime. So, like, pretty fun. Nice. Yeah. And then there was a big fight, which was pretty cool, too. A Guy soccer fight in. or a fan so, fight? Uh, Fans. Fan fight. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it was cool. It was, like, cool side of Toronto. Like, who knew there was soccer fans in Toronto? But my conclusion was, like, it's a lot of immigrants to Canada that are mega soccer fans, which would kind of right. make sense because all of the advertising on the jumbo was, like, very geared toward Italians and, you know, other immigrants that are high on soccer. Interesting. So it was kind of interesting, yeah. Huh. That is but pretty yeah, cool. Really high energy fans, like very involved, and it was that was a fun part of it. Well, it's really interesting because I've had a bunch of conversations about TFC in the wake of mm-hmm. the Raptors winning because everyone okay. was like, whoa, we brought the championship home with the Raptors. It's been forever since we won a championship. And I was like, hold on, people. Like, TFC won a couple years ago, and no one made a big deal out of it. And really? the general consensus was, yeah, it's just not as le- – that is not as legitimate a league. Like, like in right. terms of, like, lore and professionalism and just, like, high stakes. It's just not – it's not there yet. It's not. And then I was talking with the guy that – we went with who knows a lot about it and like even just like the the money and the salary side of things is a joke compared to basketball like there's right. they get like th- they get to do three guys where they get to do like salaries of like five million or something and then the rest of the guys on the team which is like 20 guys they're all making like between like 80 and two hundred thousand. right right which so is like, like good money know. for sports but at the same time not anywhere near any like the professional yeah, like, thing that we're used to talking about with hockey contracts if, and this and if that. If you chalk it up to like, yeah, I play soccer for a living and I make two hundred grand, like wicked. But if you, yes. but in terms of like the scope of professional sports, it's kind of a joke. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. So, anyways, I don't know how quite how I felt about that. Like, I mean, where I was like, ways. oh, these soccer guys, they get the short end of the stick. But there's a ton of other sports that also get the short end of the stick, right? Like, think of any women's league. No, but I think Jerry, it's just the it's just the 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 league being like the the North American league, where it's just not picked up like it is in Europe and other yeah. countries. Like, and yeah. and you go go to those European leagues, they're actually you know those guys are pulling in monster salaries, like our yeah. you know hockey players and baseball players. Yeah, that's a good point. I remember talking with a guy who played on the Canadian field hockey team, and here we like chirp dudes who play field hockey, and in right. the Netherlands they're like gods. Very interesting, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's just so. not popular here. Anyway, yeah, I, I agree with your statement that pro sports are always better in person, and I imagine for mm-hmm. sure soccer, for sure baseball. Um, I don't mind watching yes. hockey and basketball, right? Because those are still pretty high energy. Like, but 
Yeah. But soccer and baseball, I think for sure, I would never ever watch unless I'm there in person. I know. I agree. And I actually did hit a Jays game last weekend. So you're a big Jays guy. Huge Jays guy. They took home the dub. It was six two. Couple jacks. Some big moments. It was pretty fun. Oh, nice. And we've got that new young guy who's just slaughtering. Don't know, but sure they do. Okay. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Um. All right, Jared. What is it? We're talking sports? No. <laughs> absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. That is not on brand. Okay. I'm so sorry. Let's move. Stop on. it now. I I got a big problem. What's it? What is it? And I think I talked to you about this before, but Jer, huge difference between being blind and being colorblind. There is a big difference, right? It's huge. Like if you're making the mistake to, of labeling someone or maybe like diagnosing a problem, if you have like spotty English and you're going to the eye doctors and you're <laughs> trying to like get an issue out, that's a big difference in our language. Like that's not defined enough, I don't think. Like it's inappropriate that we're using the word blind in the diagnosis of colorblind is what I'm what Th- That's I'm what I'm saying. Like, like it doesn't even belong to like someone that is colorblind is like it's a non-issue. And here's the other thing. People that are colorblind, they're not colorblind. They are it's just like muted. Color like swapped. Still, yeah, they like still can see they have like difficulty seeing the difference between a few colors. So it should almost be like color sensitive or color challenged. Right. Color impaired? No, no, Jer. Color blind. <laughs> <laughs> it should be called like maybe like vibrancy disorder or something like right. that, you know? Blind, though, what an impairment. <laughs> being fully blind? Can you, like, it's just, I can't even wrap my head around being blind. Dude, I am so with you on that. I can't wrap my head around being blind, around being deaf. And, like, think about the idea of, like, being deaf from birth and then learning to communicate with people and then them try to describe what it's like to be, like, to hear. I can wrap my head around being deaf because I've spent days being deaf because I've, ear issues death I've spent come on deaf Jared no uh, I mean color deaf <laughs> <laughs> I can still hear some tones no you're yeah you're here you're sound deaf it's like wait <laughs> no because because of my ear issues I have had like infections bad enough where like I'm at work and I like basically um can't hear anything like any conversations right. it's right. just like it's kind of like the that noise that um, the Charlie Brown teacher makes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so like like uh, completely unable to engage for like days on, you know, a day or two at a time Yikes. because of so deaf. So, but I mean, obviously that's not compared to fully like can't hear a train whizzing by you. Like that's bizarre. It's kind of weird that more people aren't like that. It is it when you start to think about this stuff, man. It just be it just always makes me so thankful. I'm like, I just looked out the window and I see the trees and the flowers and the colors and the whatever. Imagine that it was black forever. Oh, that's the weird thing too. Like, oh, how you're overall like, could you people that are blind from birth? Yes. Think of how that must affect all of the rest of your development. Like all these things we just visually see, like being a man, everything is so visual for us. I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. Ah, baffling. I'll tell you. Okay. This, this is why Helen Keller is such a hero. Right. 
What was she? Deaf and blind? Correct. I, 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 you know what? Talking about this makes me realize I probably should watch a documentary on her. Learn some more. On Helen Keller or on blindness? Yeah. No, on Helen Keller. Uh, okay, right. And then the I other weird thing enough. is it's like our hearing and our vision, like that just breaks down over time. Like we have to... Yes. We're going to have to be aided with that. Like probably sooner than you think. That is weird too when you think about it, right? Like, yeah, my dad's hearing is kind of starting to go a little bit and my uncle's is definitely and like it's just like that sign of getting old where you have to lean in and say what did you say yes i know yeah my dad is the same way too right um all i'm that rock so and roll. hopeful for the technology advancements for when i need hearing aids oh yeah i'm it's, thinking it's, like i'm probably gonna need a beautiful. hearing aid in you know whatever 50 years it's it's gonna be a joke Oh yeah, it's gonna be like gonna a, be a tiny little drug implant in your shove head. This grain of rice in your head, and then you're like satellite dishes on your head. <laughs> yeah, just beaming in anything you want. You talk to it, and it plays the radio for you. Oh yes, Jer. Except it won't be radio anymore. It'll be Spotify 10.0. Spotify 10.0. No, is is Sirius Radio still a thing? Yep, sure is. Sirius. Okay. So, Jer, um, talk to me. You're just fat off a big old trip to Europe. Uh, did you see any soccer while you were over there? So, the Women's World Cup was going on while I was in Paris, and we saw absolutely none. You're kidding. The only well, you, thing... You, you'd seen enough of it in your office. Oh, no, we, that was someone else I was talking to. Well, yeah. I mean, I've played it. I've seen it. Who cares? Move on. Pro sports, who cares? We, we're not talking about sports, Calvin. You just got us off this topic. I know. I was working the segue, though. I know. Work. That was a nice job. Uh, the only thing we did notice was we were walking through a picturesque jardin, the Jardins of Luxembourg, and then all of a sudden we heard this bonkers racket, and then we kind of walked over to the other side of the garden, and we saw there was a giant parade in the street. Um, it was I don't know what nationality it was, but it was whatever, their little part of the city, and there were like 400 people in the streets with drums, and was probably a they were a gay probably parade. they probably just won a game. I think they probably just won a game uh, of soccer, and then they were all cheering and going rambunctious in the streets. So that was the only oh. thing we really caught that had to do with sports. Oh, and you think that was to do with sports? I think so. Yeah, not orientation. No, I don't think so. Okay. Okay. So I mean, talk to me. You had a yeah. great time. I know that, but I mean, I've purposefully not asked you really. I asked you a question like, "Are you okay?" when you got home. And then that's all I've really talked to you about because I just want to savor the moment of you giving me the download. But now it's been two weeks. Well, so I took a little... I've been ignoring uh, I'm just... We're on FaceTime on our phone here. Can you still hear me okay? You're probably paused over there. No, I can hear you great. Just can't see you. Okay. So I'm going to pull up a note here because I took a few different notes. And I kind of wanted to categorize how how I talked about my trip into um, just things about like categorizing the... Things and you know that the French people got right, and and also talk about some opportunities that they have to be even better. Let's just say it: things are getting wrong. Things they are getting wrong, don't, and don't you know sidestep it. Particularly, I looked at this through a little bit of a business opportunity lens because I couldn't help it. Because if they get this right. right, there's a lot of money to be made. Okay, interesting. Okay, so here's one thing that they uh, have just absolutely nailed. Okay, ready for this? I'm ready. I'm, I'm listening. They have now, made... Sorry, just, just, just slow down for a second. Is this Paris or is this the French? 
Well, it's a it's going to be a mix of both, you know. Okay, fine. Okay. So you'll but primarily have to just you were use only your brain in Paris, to decide right? what am I talking about? Hmm? Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Go ahead. And then and then we went to Normandy, but most of these observations are from Paris. Okay. Go. Can not I just cannot even fathom the amount of money that the Eiffel Tower has contributed to French society. Oh my goodness, Jeremy. How hilarious so, is that? Like, it's not every, even that amazing of a structure. So, I'll get to that in just a moment. Every every store, a million t-shirts, keychains, this, that, right. the other. Every, um, like, just, ev- like, if you think about it, just every, the fact that it exists makes people want to go there. So, like, it, it not only is, like, the five euros you spend on a trinket, but it's, like, the thousands that you spend to actually get there and see it. And... I have to imagine that since it was put up in the mid-1800s, it has made trillions of dollars for the French. And even you got to think about like what would that city be without Without it? it. Because it's so iconic and it's in every photo. Like you can't even, it's unescapable when you're there or when you're even, when it's up in conversation, it's unescapable. Like where would they be without it? Yes, and I will tell you this, to your Great point earlier, where you were just like, oh, it's not like that impressive. Um, on one sense, that was how I felt going in, because when you look at that infographic with like the world's tallest towers, the Eiffel Tower is like this tiny little thing. So you're like, oh, it's probably yes, not that impressive. Yeah. But dude, when you it is get big. to this thing, I, I, yeah, yeah, you like it's stand, wide, right? like, it, it's like, you a, it's like stand a city block. below it, yeah, you stand below it, and you look up and it's cool. Like it's unlike any other real structure you've seen. Like it's metal. It's like a skeleton. It is, cool. it is huge. It is. I, I thought it was magnificent. I look like there's no other buildings around it. So it like stands alone. So I have to admit I was way more impressed. And I had like a feeling when I was standing right. under it. I thought it was just a kitschy tourist attraction. But I really, really enjoyed seeing the Eiffel Tower. Well, that's awesome. Did you guys go up? Uh, we didn't. We did not go up. Oh, okay, fine. Um, but it was um, kind now, of and like how. In which ways did you marvel in it? Now, did you get some a few different vantage points? Did you? You obviously got some y- selfies. I would imagine. We got a bunch of selfies. We got a ton of vantage points, and then we sat on the lawn with a bottle of wine, a baguette, and some charcuterie, like you do, and just enjoyed the presence of the tower for an hour. Reveled and a half. in it. Amazing. And that was and great. And then you did it. That's fine. Like, that's the perfect, like, you don't have to feel guilty for now not doing anything with it. Like, that you did it to the extent. Yep. We were very happy with You've what we did. You've got the photos. You've got the keychain. That's it. And um, I, I, so I liken it a little bit to the way that I felt when I saw the pyramids for the first time. Mm, okay. Right? Like, you see the pyramids in photos. You're like, that's pretty cool. But then you actually get in front of it and you're like, oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Right. right. So that's the first thing that I, I was thinking about. The trillions and trillions of dollars that that thing must have created. And maybe trillions is an exaggeration, but billions for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Here, here, I, don't think, I don't think trillions could be an exaggeration. Yeah. I don't know. I just, that scale, I'm not too so familiar with. Old enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, so another thing. number on it. Another thing that I think they got right, um, it is absolute scooter mania over there. 
Interesting. Okay. So right. you know those little Scooter electric Mania. scooters that are taking over? Um, like the small little push ones? Yeah, they're like they're like, like, like a the, razors with a motor. That's right, yeah. So people are just absolutely cruising around on those little bird scooters. There's like five brands of bird that's companies it. that yep. are trying to make it go. And then there's also a ton of like little motorcycles and electric scooters and honestly, dude, it was like your weird. Classic it, Vespa. Yeah, but it felt like I'm like I feel like I'm on the streets of Mexico is what the streets felt like over oh. there with how many motorcycles were just flying in and out. So it was this weird mix of like prim and proper expensive okay. ritzy with these roads that I only ever experienced in places like Mexico and the Dominican. Right, where they're just like it feels like really congested with those scooters. Oh, yeah, and they're just, like, flying in and out and banging on taxis when they almost get hit by one, and, like, it's, like, hilarious. Right, like, as anyone that would have been walking or taking, like, a cab or something has now the opportunity to take a little teeny little electric scooter, which they grants them road access, so they go for it. Road, sidewalk, everything, just zoom, zooming around at 30 kilometers an hour gets you that fast. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's so that's fun. another thing that that's they're tra- getting right, and they're making a lot of money on. Yeah. I'd like to see uh, Toronto get one of those. Yeah, I, I would like to try one. We just um, got a bunch of – they're, they're going ham on some more bikes this summer. I think oh, yeah. They're getting f- yeah. f- like five, 400 more bikes or 800 more bikes or something. Oh, wow. So – um, And then know. the last thing that I have here where they've done a really, really good job is – Pretty much like the food culture. So, you know, I think mm-hmm. um, we, we would go out for, for dinner and like dinner is always a nice long affair. There's no one in a rush, which I absolutely love. And we mm-hmm. leave a restaurant at like 10 o'clock. And as we're walking back to our accommodations, Whoa. you look at the streets and they are full. Friends sitting at those little tables, drinking beer, having a cigarette. The streets are packed at 10 o'clock on a weeknight. I'm like, do these people work? I think the answer is no. <laughs> the answer has to be no. But whatever the bars and restaurants are doing in order to get people out, and it's just the way that they've done food, the way they value food, the way they value connection, and all of that is just so apparent when you're walking the streets that that is something that they are absolutely nailing. Now, is accessibility a thing? Like, because there's so much option, is, is it priced that, you know, it's justifiable for weeknights several times a week? I don't know, man. It's like stuff like, is what pretty are expensive. Like, yeah. like anything in euros is the same amount as dollars. So everything is like a one and a half times as expensive. Right. You know, like a beer is like seven euros for a pint or sometimes right. even eight or ten. Or a cocktail is like 12 euros or 14 euros. So I don't right. know where so these people get, get all their money from. Yeah. And dude, get this. Even Trinkets. cars. Like... I saw a little Volkswagen dealership, so I walked in. I was like, oh, this is pretty sweet. And I saw a GTI in there. It was like a fully loaded one, but it was 47,000 euros. What in the world? I'm like, that's like $60,000 for a GTI. What on earth? What on earth? So I don't know. Like, it, that's all a little bit confusing to me. I, I didn't, one thing I kind of wanted to learn, but whatever the restaurants are doing, people keep buying. Well, that's it. Yeah, like people keep buying. Yikes. Okay, cool. So, anyway, um, so that brings me to... Oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no. I'm just going to... 
elaborate more, but go on. So this brings me to some of the things where they have a massive opportunity to, mm-hmm. I don't know, or something that I just don't get. And and I'm like, what are they even thinking here? And here's the first one. Um, macaroons. Mm-hmm. Have you seen these things, these little colorful little treats? I know exactly the thing you're describing. Calvin, it's I, a cookie. Have, I have a theory right? that yep. 99% of macaroons live in these pyramid macaroon displays mm-hmm. and maybe one percent of macaroons in the whole entire world get eaten and yet they're everywhere but who buys them did you buy any i did not buy one your wife didn't want any we never wanted them. We one time got them as a free sample. But everywhere I look, all there's just hundreds of these things in a display case, and I didn't see anyone buying them. they got to find something better to do with these things than put them in a pyramid. When you're in Paris, like why get one of those crusty, awful-tasting macaroons when you can get a Nutella crepe right on the <laughs> corner, which are so, so unbelievably good, Nutella and banana. I just don't get the macaroon thing. And then you look at it, and it's like 50 euros for a box of 24 or something. Or box oh, my of goodness. Tw- it's insane. That's bizarre. Yeah. It's Jared. insane. I don't get it. And they're no are they selling. a new no thing? Are they, like a, are they a historical thing? Like, how long have they been around for? They're certainly trendy, but this they may I'm have been you. around for a long time. They're only trendy because people like the look of the color. No one eats them. No one wants them. No one likes them. No. So the thing to do, of course, is someone just to make a really good fake, right? That you can just display. If you want to display this in your home somewhere, under, so this behind is what a I'm glass th- cabinet perhaps. This is what I'm saying. But maybe There's you just always need to be someone. prepared for someone to grab one. Calvin, I don't know what the deal is with these macaroons, but I'm telling you, I saw them everywhere. I saw no one buying them. And all they do is they sit in a giant pyramid. That's it. Ugh. Okay. So that was one thing where I think they have an opportunity. Um, Yeah. Here was was the other, like, here was a massive, massive missed opportunity for some money making. Um, Have you heard of a fellow by the name of Claude Monet? Uh, Is he, would he be an artiste? He is an artiste, a famous artiste. Okay. And so then, yes, uh, I've heard of him. As we were driving to the north, there is a museum. Uh, at his at his home and in his gardens. So his home has been turned into a museum, and then his gardens are absolutely incredibly, um, like just beautifully maintained. And then you kind of walk across the street under a tunnel, and then it opens up to this beautiful outdoor landscape of his um, ponds and his water lilies. And he's really famous for painting the water lilies. If you've heard of that painting, okay. Well, and I mean, so I you're, can imagine you're, it's. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all you need to know. And so you're at his home, and it's it's awesome. You're you're in his gardens. You're seeing what inspired him about the French countryside. He's just chill with everyone roaming around his property? Well, he's, he's long dead. Okay. And, yes, I guess his family probably gave it away to um, turn into a museum. And, obviously, there's a gift shop, right? Oh, yes, of course. What would be in there? Well, it's not what would be in there. It's what's not in there that's the problem, Calvin. Right. Okay. Continue. Claude Monet was in every picture that are on the walls. Like they have these big, big old pictures of him in his gardens mm-hmm. at his house. He okay. is wearing the most incredible sun hat you could ever imagine. Like in, a, in this, several photos. 
All of them. It's his iconic look with this hat. Okay. Describe Guess the hat. Guess what was? Straw? Sorry? Describe the hat. So it's like um, a large brim. You know, kind of like the hipster hats that you see everybody wearing these days? Uh, yeah. What's the material? Would it be like like leather? Like a thin... Well, Calvin, here... He, yeah, probably a thin leather. Um, it's kind of has like a little like cowboy top to it, maybe, and might be straw. Oh, I don't, okay. Cal- Calvin, Does whatever Tim this Vamier hat is, he, he might wear one, yep. And tie, probably, yeah. Probably though, yeah. Probably those guys would. But whatever okay, this hat is, it. I'm saying it's iconic. Just type a photo of Claude Monet in there. You'll see him wearing this hat, and you you gotta think they could make hundreds of thousands of euros if they sold the replicas. Hat. Just get the hat in there. There are no hats. No inventory of hats. I what promise you, you, they would make a bajillion dollars if they sold Monet hats at the Monet store. Ah, what a missed opportunity. So I'm in this cultural center of France, and this is all I can think about. I can't appreciate the art because they're not selling any hats. Dang it. (laughs) (laughs) What else did they have in the gift shop? Like like you could buy a print of water lilies in a poster? Yeah, you could buy those. You could buy books. One of the coolest things that I actually saw was... A coaster set um, of like a replica of the tiles in his kitchen. So they're like really nice, um, like a really nicely designed blue and white tile. And you could just buy those as a coaster. So I'm like, that's like subtle and kind of nice. That'd be a good coaster set. That's a great item, Jared, because I mean, it can go on your practical everyday side table, coffee table. You're happy to have it in your house. It looks fine. It fits in. Ah, it also has a story. I said, that's a good souvenir. Why didn't you get it? Uh, I don't know. We already had our souvenir. Okay, what'd you get? Uh, we always get a deck of cards when we go traveling, and that's that's it. <laughs> that's so funny. Side note was of this year, of your conversation with your father this morning with me, was concern of your gambling uh, <laughs> new hobby. <laughs> <laughs> so hilarious that you're collecting decks of cards. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say he's like he's like oh yeah he's he was like oh yeah jerry was down here last night for dinner but he had to go and i was like oh yeah he's a pretty guy busy guy he's like oh yeah he had to go play poker actually and i was like oh yeah he's playing lots of poker these days <laughs> he's like yeah i don't like it <laughs> is that that's so amazing it's <laughs> because you're collecting that. cards <laughs> <laughs> yeah what am i supposed to do with all these cards i have now that's true. You got to play. Okay, here's another thing that's a big opportunity for the French. No air conditioning anywhere. Oh, boy. So I'm like, here's, here is a technology that can revolutionize the comfort of a nation, and someone can make a lot of money doing so. So why on earth is there no AC well, they, anywhere? They don't have any ductwork. In their homes, they're also old, right? Pre well ductwork era. Yeah, but I mean what now I'm you can get free standing. You can get like a freestanding unit, but no one's going to rip and put in ductwork in those homes. That's insane. All I'm saying is it was so hot, and like we would go out for the day, and we would travel around on the subway, and we would sweat and sweat and sweat. We'd have to like come home before dinner to shower before going back out at night. It was crazy. 
I know what you're saying, all I'm saying, but I'm explaining to you the practicality of why. Like, I'm literally answering your question because there's no ductwork. There's no question. I'm saying it's a business opportunity to either figure out a solution with ductwork, without ductwork. I don't care. There's millions of dollars to be made to cool down the nation. Yeah, there's – well, it's bizarre. There's not even, like, window shakers or, like, freestanding units. You can get those. That's a normal thing for us. I know. But they don't care, man. They're walking around in pants. <laughs> pants? Long trousers? <laughs> trousers, <laughs> Calvin. Well, how else do you trouse, Jer? You can't trouse in you know, uh, gym shorts like you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and there's one last thing, and this is kind of a little bit of... A, this is going to seem a little bit contradictory because I just said they really do food right over there. But okay. they are... The, the servers were almost always pretty laissez-faire on refilling the drinks uh okay like like the like like tap water or your beer like offering to get you another beer interesting well this was the thing there was also like rarely ice in the water they always gave you room temp water so we're coming in off like the hot streets then we're don't even get a little cool glass of water it's just room because you didn't get sparkling water jared you can't get still well, we I know whenever we got sparkling, it was cold, but you know sometimes you had both. And yeah. but yeah, I'm like there were probably opportunities at every restaurant where if the server came by and said, "Hey, want another beer?" where I would have said yes. Oh, that's very discouraging service. Can you imagine? Yeah. So there were a bunch of times where the service was just a little bit, you know, there's a little it was a little bit French, I'll say. Yeah. Ugh. Bunch of chain smoking acrobats. <laughs> On the topic of service, Jared, like wait, wait staff service is something that you and I are very fussy about and you, we'll, we'll pick apart. I heard on the radio yesterday, 640, as I do, um, that if, to ask your server if uh, what would you have, like to make a suggestion off the menu, that is apparently rude and you are not to do that. Here? Here, this was an article that a wait that waiters had written in the Toronto Star, and that is apparently rude, which I think is insane. Like, as a waiter, you're part salesman, part waiter. Like, that's what that's your job. How could you not like cater to your client? I I'm with you, and it, it and it's interesting because now that you say they wrote an article about it, every time you ask that, the waiter is visibly annoyed. Right. I so mean, and I what, what our point should be is, yeah, I understand to an extent, but at the same time, if no. you're always going to be annoyed at that question, that question isn't stopping. Over so it. here's what you do. You come yeah. up with a little questionnaire to get to know your people at your thing. You ask them a couple thoughts and you just give them a couple recommendations. Yeah, I don't understand the, the aversion. Um, like, A, it's kind of a silly question because what do you expect a waiter to say? They're not going to be honest with you and Agreed. say, oh, this thing's gross. And then B, Agreed. they don't know you. They don't know what you like. So, like, what's the point of asking that question? Just figure out what you want to know. Or, what? sorry, what you want to eat. Um, on that topic, Jer, recently, you and I have also had several topics about restaurants uh, regarding specials. And how yes. we're usually discouraged with specials. Uh, never a special price. But I will tell you this. I got some honest <laughs> feedback from a special recently. I was out to dinner with Kate. And... On the menu, there was um, chicken Alfredo. It was on the menu as a menu item. And then she had said, the special tonight, chicken Alfredo. 
And so I said to her, <laughs> why is it a special when it's on the regular menu? And she said, oh, there was a <laughs> catering gig last night and there's just tons left over. No. So I'm like, <laughs> so I got it. I'm like, oh yeah, sweet. I'll get that. Assuming it's going to be like an awesome price. Same price as in the menu. No. Yes. Good face, right? Shocking. Oh How discouraging gosh. is that? So not only was it old, it was still the same price. So A, it's 24 hours old at this point. They're desperately trying to get rid of it. So it's like it wasn't great. And it's already on the regular menu. So like I I don't know. If I ordered it off the menu, would they have made it fresh? Definitely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> so now I just... Uh, I thought like, oh, I have to do that. A, because I feel like I'm being so helpful by ordering this. They've got to give me A, a ton, or B, a deal on it. Neither of which <laughs> happened. <laughs> Bad math in your in your head, man. Oh, this is going <laughs> to be great. Either I'm going to get so much chicken Alfredo, I won't even be able to <laughs> handle it, or I'll get a deal. <laughs> no, I can just imagine like the owner like, uh, I guess just make it a special, and the wait staff going, uh, I <laughs> doubt people are going to buy this as a special. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like it's not that hard to get it right, and it's and it's so it's just is annoying when people can't seem to quite get it right. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I agree. And this special thing, I, again, I don't get it. Like, I I love hearing the specials. A that thing has got to be memorized. I do not want the waiter reading that off a card. That's got to be memorized. Right. And please, yes. for the love of all that is holy, tell me the price. Don't make me ask what the price is. Like they never give the price. Yeah, so true. No, and it's they always never forty-five dollars. Like it's always some absurd like thing, where the chef's yeah, just going crazy ridiculous. with lobsters. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I tell you another thing yeah. that was funny about the something funny that we noticed? Yes, you can. So whenever we were walking around and we would see a cop in the streets. Okay. There would be three more, like within pro- within very close proximity. They always traveled in packs of four. Are they armed? Armed, yes. Well, like with guns, like normal handguns. They have guns. But the better part about not only do they travel in packs of four, all four of them cram into a hilarious little Ford Fiesta, and right. that's how they travel around. Four of them. What if they have a a perp do they need to put in the back? This is a great question. It's <laughs> hilarious, dude. You see the cops roll up and then four six foot three dudes get out of a tiny little car. Right. And they're obviously all smoking in there. <laughs> and I'm just like, we never see four cops around. And like, what are, what are they no. doing in this little car? I mean, they got to get to their corners, right? Now, were they hassling people or were they just kind of keeping peace? No, they were keeping peace, but there was like a pretty significant police presence most places we went. Right. Well, they're probably feeling the burden. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was kind of funny. The other funny thing we noticed was outside of all the pharmacies, there's like this sign that sticks out into like the sidewalk that is like Mm -hmm. a a green cross, like the pharmacy sign. Yes. And um to attract people to the pharmacy it like flashes and blinks but these leds are so bright it's like giving people seizures in the streets 
That's amazing. <laughs> drawing you in. Yeah, it's like drawing you in like a moth or like making you pass out before you get there. So you have to go in. That's hypnotism. That's amazing. Um, it was, what was, it was the, pretty uh, comical. What was the noticeable jewel presence, if any, there? Oh, so many jewels and so many like really? soccer moms hucking back jewel. Hitting jewel hard. Oh, dude, it was hilarious. I'm, that's surprising. It's so it, it's uh, it's been adopted so, I mean, rampantly then. Well, yeah. So For being everyone such a either has a cigarette town. or a or a jewel. Okay. Yeah. Like smoking is still very cool there. That's another observation. R- okay. Right. Whereas like, here, it's ne- definitely not really seen as cool here. We have done a lot of work over the last 15 years in this province, in this country, to make smoking not cool. We've really de-glorified it, and I yeah. need to, you know, we got to bring it back. Yeah, they continue to glorify it. Wow. So, yeah, um, I'd, I'd love to hear the reasoning of someone swapping to Jewel, you know, in yeah, you know, that I don't is know. local there, right? Yeah, we should ask. I should, we, should, we should try to find some Because you've got to think it's, like, frowned upon. The jewel is frowned upon by the real smokers. They must I think it's know. total wuss. I, yeah. I, don't you think it's total wuss? I think it's total wuss. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not totally sure. Um, so, those are most of my observations over, like, I don't know. It was it was a really fun trip. I, I learned a lot. I wasn't expecting to, like, l- like, learn as much as I did. I was there to eat good food and kind of relax yes. and, and hang out. Okay. But I, w- I was really grateful to have my mind opened about history and just have broader perspective on the human experience leaving leaving there. It was really cool. Did you go into any museums or like did like you went yep. to that house obviously the the, the Mo- was it who, who was it Monet? Mo- yeah, so we went to Monet's house. We went to the Musée d'Orsay and we got the like um the little phone that you punch in a number and it tells you all about the painting and that was so interesting just to learn about these artists, what they were thinking, what the cultural moments were, why they were painting what they were painting, and like, uh, yeah, it's like it sounds so cheesy, but like learning about the mm-hmm. art was really, really cool, just to understand what people were going through at the times. Right. Yeah, that's like kind of interesting too about art, right? You never, if if you don't have that information, you don't have a fraction of like the appreciation for the piece. You can't. I would have. You, you, you I have just to have the whole story through there and said, "Oh, cool yeah. painting." Exactly. Yeah, I like those colors. Great combination. Good looking tree. Next. Right. Right. Whereas, or I'm looking at a photo, I'm like, ugh, that woman kind of looks like a man. And why does she have huge hands? And then you listen and you're like, oh, her her big hands represent like the hardworking, like down and dirty nature of life in the whatever, where it was like everything is intentional in the painting and it's telling you something. Um, in, you went to Normandy, correct? Yes. Did you do any WW2 related stuff there? Anything? We did. So we, we went to Juneau beach and there's like the Canadian, um, like uh-huh. war, war museum that's there. And Kay. yeah, that was another thing that was so interesting. Cause for the first five days we had been like learning about the 16, 1700s and earlier when we were at right. like Versailles and learning about the Kings and the Queens and the all of that crazy, you know, ego that surrounded the, the, the those those stories that you hear about the French Revolution and all of that. And then by the time we got to the World War II stuff, I was really taken aback. I was like, this stuff happened yesterday. 
And I've heard people say that, that like, it's not that long ago, but for the first time I really felt it, I was like, whoa, this is not really? that long ago when a crazy egomaniac almost took over the world. Right. That's kind of wild. Yeah, so, so that really was, puts you in. Yeah, it was really, really um, eye-opening and just kind of humbling. So it was pretty cool to see. Wow, that's really cool. Hmm. Yeah. So, so there were a lot of things back. like that um, that were that were just like, again, I wasn't really expecting. But that's where I'm like, it makes sense that Paris and France, like, they're really important in the in in world history, in mm-hmm. culture, and I I totally understand why it is such an important place and why it's such a hot destination because it it really is pretty incredible. Uh, so you're satisfied with um, what you, before we were chatting before you left and you said you were explaining was it the um, the Paris syndrome that people get? Yes. Explain that. So Paris syndrome is this thing that I learned about on Wikipedia, the uh, number one source of knowledge on planet Earth. And it's basically this 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 thing that happens when you build up your expectations for a Paris trip too much and then it lets you down. And then you get right. like depressed or you get have like a men- mental breakdown. Like this the, there are noted examples of this. So maybe I tried to keep my expectations low so that I wouldn't have the Paris effect, but um, right. it did not happen to me. Well, and you travel enough where you're like, you're not sucked in by the, I don't know, the romance that is a, you know, travel, but also, you know, whatever, hotel accommodations. Right. Where right. people that don't travel very much can, you know, think that's like, uh, oh, that's sweet within itself. Um, but yeah. you only have to do it a few times to realize it's not that cool. Yeah, so thankfully the Paris effect was not uh, in effect for me, but uh, I can see why okay. the, how that would happen for some people, especially if it's like the only trip you've ever done in your life and you just saved up your whole... Well, exactly. Your whole existence to go, like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if it's any trip that you plan for, like, you know, six plus months, like, that's getting amped up whether you like it or not. Oh, 100%. Like it just, you know, it's just, it's going to happen. Yeah. Manage your expectations. Takeaway. Thank yeah. you, Jer. Yep. Who knew? That's okay. Anything else you need to share with me? Um. No. I mean, I just I just wrote down this thing in my notes where it was like, how do I describe Paris? Like, it's hard. Like, it's a feeling. You know, you're walking the streets and it's old and it's it's beautiful and it's intentional and they like Mm -hmm. there were in a lot a lot of parts there was like a lack of corporate influence. So the corporations are all there, but it doesn't feel like what I'm used to like in America or anything where it's just like everything's in your face. So that was so refreshing Mm, and it was just like a feeling being there. And then the last thing is like, you know how you've heard the term pomp and circumstance. Okay. Um, I now kind of understand what that means. Like when we were at Versailles walking around, every room is ornate and the detail and the stonework and the painting and the tiles, like it's, it's just impossible to fathom the man hours and the, the artists and the intentionality and the money and the everything that went into some of these palaces for these Kings and Queens. And it just, it just like, I was like, just, I could not help but think of like the massive amount of ego and power. And yet like, it just it was just all there all mixed into a soup and that was just kind of neat to see like 
I now know what that means when people, you know, say pomp and circumstance, like it's just crazy. Like just it, right. It's hard to explain. Well, and you can see how people get into that, right? Like a hundred years ago when you didn't have the, like your, your circle was so small, right? So like, you know, someone on top of a very small circle, they think they're the king of the world. Yeah. Well, and, and they, they are, the right? Re- like, and, and yeah, and in, and in, in a way they really are. Yeah. So that's, you know, you can see how that develops pretty easily. Yeah. So that was just and kind of really all cool to, to see. To. That's, yeah. So awesome trip. I would, I would recommend going and it was expensive, uh, but yeah. Right. But you're rich. Uh, is any, what kind <laughs> of um, music were you listening to while you were there? Um, you know, mostly, uh, mostly the, the French kind. Just that tweedling around little song. Yep. Okay, fine. Yep. I would have thought you put together a proper playlist. Um, and now, Mike, my, my only other question to you is, did you were you a fan or were you offended by Paris Jair? Oh, Paris Jair was offensive to me. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, to represent a chain-smoking ac- acrobat like that, you would just hit the nail on the head too accurately, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a little gross. <laughs> Yeah, I figured that would be your stance, but I just wanted to uh, get that uh, get yeah, that no. publicly because there were a lot of positive reviews, but I don't, you right. know, I need to have the balance. Well, I was looking for him for a while, and then he just like slapped me in the face one day. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping he was going to appear a little more frequently. Yeah, and obviously he was around a lot. He was around, but then he really just he made it to every destination. Put himself out there. Yeah. Yeah. I know, man. Good night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's the trip. You had a, a good photo staff to get that accomplished, which is nice. Yeah. I, I hired someone, so. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. A local. Hired a local, made it happen. Great, Jer. So. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, so good trip. Anything else I can answer for you? No, but the next Any order of business me? is we are going back to our roots. We are putting away the pomp and circumstance. And next weekend, yes. we're doing a classic RV fishing weekend, and I am fired up for it. Yeah, well, your dad, another thing, this conversation going back to your father and me this morning. He's asking me, like, what's what's the plan with the RV next weekend? And I'm like, I literally don't know. Like, I'm not sure what's happening with it. And so, you know, obviously, you've got to figure that out. But again, you ran out on dinner too quickly. I did. Didn't get to answer the questions. Um that that's been a funny thing because like there's this big group message and I'm like need to have things fairly planned ahead of time like at least you know I'd like a week to know what I'm doing the following week, um, but it's hard to get uh, a set plan in place, isn't it, Jer? Yeah. Once we end this call, we're gonna continue to make all those plans, all those plans happen because I have a couple questions. I've uh, I've kind of taken over planning with with Tim McNitt a little bit here, so we're gonna get everything sorted oh, out okay. and get everyone the information they need by uh, probably hopefully today, but if not tomorrow. So we'll give you your okay. week and at the worst six days. Okay, buddy. That's great. No, that's okay. all I ask for. Okay, very good. I mean, the 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 time's booked off. I just need to know what we're doing, and I don't even need to know. I just need to know where I, where I get need to be in when. Exactly, the rest and will, we will the rest will come. We, we will have that information for you, and that's a lesson to the to the listeners out there. That's what you need to do to plan. Get people to commit, then tell them where they need to be, when, what they need to bring, and the rest, you just got to let it happen. It's going to be magic if you have the right people together. Um, side note, I don't know if the RV is involved or not, but I need you to go there and get my sleeping bag. It's in there. It is involved. It will be here. Okay. And my cooler, Kate's saying. Uh, yeah, I used your cooler last weekend for my uh, 
High school 10-year reunion. Oh, yeah, that happened. 10-year reunion. Everyone's the same? Everyone's exactly the same. Good. Good. That's great to hear. Yeah. we. You know how we, we all told each other when we finished high school, you rock, don't ever change. Correct. They and all. Yeah. That we all took it to they heart. They continued. My biggest takeaway from seeing friends from 10 years ago is the amount of weight people have put on. <laughs> <laughs> like, pretty shocking. Bit scary. Yeah, like, you and I weigh... I probably have put on 10 pounds... I don't know, 15 pounds since high school. Yeah, same. Uh, but I'm like... I think I've just widened. I don't think I've grown any more height. I maxed out probably when I was 17. But I've thickened up with muscle. Um, Ben, some of my friends from that era, like, put on some pretty serious weight. Yeah. And that plus a beard and plus, you know, the stresses of everyday life. And the other thing, Jer, is hair loss. Guys, hair loss. Hairlines that are doing some crazy things. Yeah. And I, you got to feel bad because we're only 28. 28, man. But it's shocking the amount of people that deal with hair loss issues at our age now. I know. Like it's it's fifty percent easily, wow. and even guys like you and me, like I'm sure we have kind of maybe not so noticeable. Like our hairlines are probably receding, right? Yep, agreed. I don't know. It's probably not so like the what central it was message there ago. is adventure while you can, people. This is this is serious, yeah. dude. Really, the central message there is, you know, beauty doesn't last. <laughs> Like, look at the way our friends are and us are deteriorating. Yeah. In like ten years, <laughs> like we're relatively young. It's okay, basically dude, over. Dude, this this podcast has been like upbeat and fun and everything, and now you're ending on this depressing note. Like, how do we get out? It's of kind here? of fun. Can we just get we, out of here? You can. I mean, I think it's fun to talk about that. Now it is. Yeah. Okay. Fine. No, that's um, good. You, you, I, I, I don't know about a ton of people that have actually done the full on ten year reunion. So good on you. I mean, we talked about that previously in an episode. We won't it up again um, i'll say we had happens. an we had an amazing time it was low stress to plan but but we had enough to drink enough to eat we had a teacher who has a party band he came and played with and it was like it was the perfect vibe on a nice summer night it was like it was so nice that it all went to plan this is the teacher that partied with you guys in high school well yeah that guy yeah, yeah. okay that guy yeah <laughs> yeah he's great 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 chair. All right. So anyway, we're done, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, Enjoy your summer. Uh, Go find some adventure. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.